Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. This week, I've got a really exciting guest, um, and I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with her about a topic that should be really close to all of our hearts, but probably isn't, which is cybersecurity. So today, I'm excited to welcome Katrina Ford, and Katrina is passionate about cybersecurity and its impact on small to medium-sized businesses. As a consultant, Katrina educates organizations on cybersecurity. She is on a mission to educate businesses and the community at large to have a better understanding of the risk of cyber attacks. With years of experience working with businesses of all sizes and across many industries, she has a strong understanding of operations and culture. She applies this knowledge when devising and implementing tech solutions which need to complement and assist the business to maximise profitability and operational effectiveness. Woo! <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sarah. That was a lovely introduction. <laughs> it was a very impressive bio. So I'm, I'm actually thrilled to have you on here because someone who works in digital marketing, um, cyber security is something that I think most businesses don't take very seriously and um, until, it, until it all goes pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's, that's normally the situation um, when people come to me. Um, I often say one of the first things that they say to me is, I never thought it would happen to me. Mm. And I think that's the age old saying. Um, and it's, it's like a lot of things in life. Um, I've recently just had a, a small car accident and it's quite, um, my husband has had one as well. So within the space of seven days, somebody had run into the back of my husband and somebody had run into the back of me. And I sort of thought of it a bit like cybersecurity. You don't expect these things to happen to you. Mm. Um, but if you have things in place to make sure like your insurance and all the necessary bits and pieces, then then you're you're safe and you're secure. And as as long as you're not too badly damaged or injured. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's what uh, it, that's what I think about cybercrime. A lot of us don't expect it to hit our business or hit our personal lives mm. um, because I sometimes refer to it as it's invisible. We can't see it coming for us. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's some of the problems that we face. Absolutely. But I think it's becoming, I think it's gaining more momentum, which makes me happy to hear. So I guess my first question I always love to know is how did you get into working in this space? Because um, to be fair, probably quite a traditional male dominated area would I, I would imagine IT. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. Um, I, I went to university, what, 20 years ago when I left school and I wanted to be an accountant. And by the time I finished my, it was my A-levels back then um, in the UK. Um, I'd done a level accountancy and I was like, nah, I cannot do this for the rest <laughs> of my life. Sorry, sorry, all accountants out there. But yeah, it wasn't a career choice for me. And the only other course that was available to me with my grades and because I'd left it so late to decide what I wanted to do was IT. And I grew up in r- rural Ireland. We didn't have any computers in the house. And I remember wow. my mother saying to me, why are you going to do IT? What is, even is IT? <laughs> stupid career for your choice but um oh shame she's eating her words now (laughs) and funny my youngest sister um the youngest in our house she's followed my footsteps and she's gone on and done it as well um so i spent most of my career the last 20 years in the it field and as you say it is very male dominated i actually had never worked with another female in IT until I came to Australia um, 11 years ago. Wow, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible. 
Yeah, it is terrible. And cybersecurity is actually a little bit worse. <laughs> um, the stats at the moment, I think it's around 22% um, of females are in cybersecurity in Australia. So it's such a low number. And I know there's a lot of reports as well from universities that they're actually seeing a decline instead of an increase. Um, yeah, it is a shame. I have speculations as to why. <laughs> um, but um... It suggests something about the industry when people are not being attracted to it. Um, do you know what I mean? If it's declining, it, it means that the workplace, as I think that there's been lots of inquiries into the FIFO um, culture here in Western Australia yeah. and how it's it's not it's not receptive to women. It doesn't make a safe workplace. And so I suspect that kind of data says something similar to the FIFO community, that it's not a place where women are welcome and made to feel. Yeah. And I've never personally experienced that myself. One of my theories is um, IT and cybersecurity is a very fast paced industry. And, you know, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to keep up with what's happening because things are forever changing. So I think as a, a female looking to maybe have a family and um, mm. you would have to take a career break which would probably leave you quite behind and that's what i think as an industry that's what's holding some females back from coming into this fast-paced industry and um, obviously there is that stigma around it being a male-dominated industry as well and i know a lot of females that i have mentored in cyber say that that it that sometimes puts them off but yes. it honestly is such a fun, exciting industry. Um, yeah. you know, and anybody that I have encouraged to come into cyber who is a, a female or a woman, um, they've really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. so I think um there's a misconception as well that it's very tacky and it's very geeky and all of that. I um admit I am a bit tacky and I am a bit geeky, but it's not all it's not all about that. Um, you don't have to have a technical background. There's so many sides of cyber that needs other skill sets mm -hmm. rather than just the technical skill set. And when I was reading your um, bio at the beginning, um, one of the things you were talking about was understanding businesses and understanding their culture and operations. And so mm -hmm. if you're a total tech, that's going to be really hard to see why is this important and why is it relevant and how does it work in the organization? You'd be very much focused on your small component, which is not what businesses are looking for. They're looking for people who can see that macro, aren't they? Yeah. And that's the thing Like I've, um, I've been very privileged to work with some very large organizations here in Western Australia, delivering security awareness programs, and they're designed to change security behaviors and culture. And that is, that's more about people skills rather than technical skills. So it's changing our behaviors and how we use technology. And, um, you know, there's a age old saying, and it's very relevant for what I do. Um, awareness doesn't change behavior. So you might know that you need to change your password and have secure passwords, or you might know that you shouldn't click on links and emails, but we still tend to. <laughs> So true, so true. One of the things that I've been seeing a lot of, which I um, have these moments of thinking how heartbreaking and devastating it would be is when people lose, when as a business you lose your Instagram or Facebook accounts. Yeah. And um, I know for my business, I'd be really devastated by that. And at the same time, when I see that happen to people, I'm like, oh, I bet you didn't have two-factor, I bet you had some rubbish password. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that sometimes is the case, but I have helped certainly this year in particular, I helped a number of people that had secure passwords and had multi-factor authentication set up. Mm. 
So the hackers have come up with methods to trick you so that you, they bypass the multi-factor. So I think um, it's one of the things that frustrates me quite a lot is that I see, especially on social media, people saying, as long as you have a strong password and you have multi-factor authentication, you're safe. I'm sorry, but that's not the case. You need to mm -hmm. learn the tactics that the hackers are using. Um, a lot of what we see is what you call social engineering. So mm -hmm. hackers are really good at manipulating us. They know what our triggers are, what our emotions are, and they know how to convince us into doing things that we wouldn't normally do. So mm -hmm. like I've helped a number of people this year. Um, one was a photographer from the US who um he had he was into nfts and was going to lose quite a substantial amount of money from losing his instagram account and he, it was secure it was set up properly um but the the method that they used um it bypassed his multi-factor authentication wow that's scary isn't it so it we are i, I guess I, I, what i'm trying to understand is how if we if we want to make ourselves safer there's some really obvious things we can do and like I'm always a big fan of LastPass. I love their terrifying passwords that they auto-generate that just look like crazy. Like I'm like, that's inhackable, um, <laughs> which yeah. I'm sure it's not. Um, but they just had a breach as well, haven't they? They have, but um, I think it's like, it's not that it's blown out of proportion, but it hasn't compromised any of the user data. So basically mm -hmm. they've stolen the source code um, to the application. But again, it just proves that, you know, a security company such as LastPass, they're still not even safe. Um, you know, and uh, there was a very, I've uh, seen a discussion about this over the weekend. Um, Apple and I, and, um, and uh, Apple and iOS, should I say, have just released that, you know, everybody that uses an Apple or an iOS device needs to update their software because they have a vulnerability, a quite um, severe vulnerability that if um, hackers get access to your device, they can give themselves admin rights on your device. Um, you know, Microsoft, every week nearly there's an update coming from microsoft and that's again them saying okay there's a vulnerability in my software that doesn't mean that then we don't go and stop using apple or we don't go and stop using um, microsoft the last pass one um, you know it hasn't compromised the passwords it hasn't compromised your master master password and i think it's just it's the sign of the times that a company that invests all their time and effort in the security of their their business and that's the industry that they're in, you know, they're obviously a high target because hackers know how valuable they I are. I was about to say, it'd be yeah. quite, um, there'd be quite a bit of kind of kudos, like I've hacked yeah. LastPass as well. There'd be some of that going on. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot of what you see, you know, the motivations behind hackers, like some of them obviously are financially driven and, you know, it's for the financial gain. But you often hear hackers that have been caught, they say it's for the adrenaline kick that they get <laughs> out of it and as you say the kudos through the hacker community that yeah do you see who i've just um managed to infiltrate wow it's kind of scary isn't it i just um i'm always shocked because i do a lot of coaching with a variety of clients and it always makes me my like heart nearly break when um people give me the worst passwords like i'm like oh, what's your password and they go oh sarah 20 and i'm like oh <laughs> like their name or and um also my favorite and do you know you can actually buy these now at news agents things like a book that says passwords on yeah. the front and i'm just like my mum had one i was like you're not allowed to have that like that is ridiculous like you should not have that at all and yeah. um i feel like by selling that they're encouraging people to just write down their passwords which we were always told was the worst thing you could ever do 
Um, yeah. So I guess from your perspective, when you're dealing with small businesses, what are some small steps? So I'm like, we can't make ourselves impenetrable no. or, um, you know, 100% safe. But what are some small things that we could do that would improve, improve yeah. our security? Well, getting the basics right uh, will go a very long way. Um, so like having a password manager and allowing that password manager, as you say, to auto-generate your passwords. The amount of people that I see set up a password manager, but still create their own passwords. So that's just defeats the purpose. So that's, you know, definitely passwords is definitely one of the big areas of concern for businesses. The other is around um, emails. Phishing is the number one way that hackers get into organizations all the time. So mm. you need to make sure that your emails also have multi-factor authentication on your mailbox. And you also need to be able to identify what a phishing scam looks like and train your team to be able to identify them. So one of the things that I do a lot of the, the larger organizations is we run what you call simulated phishing campaigns. So we send out test phishing emails to see who will click on what. And then Ooh. offer training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, hopefully they get sacked and they get offered training. That feels no, no. It's, it's, I always say it's like getting caught for speeding. You know, every time you get caught for speeding, you slow down. Um, mm -hmm. Because you know that you shouldn't be speeding. And these simulated phishing campaigns are designed to do the same thing. They're to help you identify what in that email was what we call a red flag that mm -hmm. would um let you know that it wasn't legit and once you start to understand the techniques that the hackers use around phishing then you can start to look at your emails and go okay that one's a little bit suspicious so like we're seeing a lot you've probably seen on the news and on the media at the moment about people losing um, money from paying fake invoices and transferring deposits for their homes and things like that mm. and they're all down to phishing scams and social engineering scams so for businesses, they really need to understand um, the tactics that the hackers might use to manipulate them into paying fake invoices, mm. but also making sure that you can recover, you know, so making sure that you have your systems and your processes in place, you know, processes around payments, you know, if you are processing invoices, how do you process them? Is it the one person that approves and then processes? You know, mm -hmm. you should have what we call the four eyes. So two people, you know, having a look at the transactions in your business to be able to identify where there might be, um, you know, some fraudulent transactions happening. Um, and I also say is um, you look at what's important in your business from an operational perspective. So if you got up tomorrow morning and we had no computers, all big businesses such as Microsoft, Amazon, were all down. How would your business continue to operate? Would you be able to contact your clients? Do you know who your clients are even? Are, are they in a database in the cloud somewhere and you have no access if D-Day happened? <laughs> yeah, my goodness. that's. A, that's um, I was sitting there having very horrible thoughts about <laughs> um, if I could access my software because um, all of mine is kept in some software that I use in my business that I pay for yeah. and again I like to think that that's secure but um I have no idea <laughs> and yeah. I, I think most of us it would be a huge interruption to our business wouldn't it yeah and I think you know what I see as well is when I do security reviews for small businesses in particular they sometimes don't really um look at what is important in their business you know and I call it your crown jewels so mm. what is it that you really need to for your business to keep operating and if an example of a, a company here in Perth there were a small um 
um, they were sort of an entertainment company that done cocktail parties and they their website got hacked and their website was offline for three months Whoa. and they didn't realize because it was a self-managed website and didn't realize that it was off offline um all their leads was coming through that website but they didn't know that either until it was gone and that's how they first noticed that the website was down because their leads started to dry up Whoa. and then when they traced it back they realized wow this is one of the most valuable assets in our business because we that's where all our leads are coming from so i think from a business owner you know you need to really take a step back and look at your business and really analyze what in your business is critical to it being continued to operate if something was to go wrong katrina that's such an interesting question because I, I was sitting here and i was thinking what is the most valuable asset I, I know what mine is in my business i know what my two assets are i would give up everything else before i gave them as my website and my email list yeah. um and luckily my husband's a web designer and he we do a lot of hosting and maintenance so I'm, i feel confident that we've got control of that but um i have to say um managing clients websites we see the attacks come through so frequently mm. um and again when people have you know the forward slash wp data admin that's a classic and then yeah. if, if you could see that my name is sarah you could go to the online social we could type Sarah and Sarah and if my like, which that's not my password by the yeah, way. Yeah, but, yeah. but I have clients that have that and all yeah. like um one two three four all those ridiculous passwords yeah. you're just kind of like oh my gosh are you hoping that someone's going to steal your website is that yeah. the goal <laughs> yeah and that, that's we see it quite a lot um you know and then also it could be like there was a case a few years ago over in Melbourne um with the it was a an Asian takeaway restaurant and mm -hmm. um, they were trying to target the CEO of a business and they were doing some research and they discovered the hackers discovered that the CEO um, ordered Asian food from this takeaway every Friday so they hijacked the website and on the order now button installed malicious software so when he went to order his takeaway on the friday it downloaded malicious software onto his computer um, and then it infiltrated the company so Shame. <laughs> because the asian company's website wasn't you know the takeaway company's website wasn't secure and yes. um that's how they managed to do that so it was quite a yeah, it was quite an alarming situation to be in. And that's kind of long, um, I can, what's the word, like a, I suppose a long con is one of a better word, but they must have been really wanting to get into that organisation, which is really scary. Um, that's what we see, you know, some of the even what we call business email compromise scams that's happening at the moment, um, and especially for real estate companies, settlement agents, the hackers could be in your system anywhere from you know a month up to six months sitting mm -hmm. and waiting and analyzing and doing their due diligence to see when <laughs> they can actually um compromise you there's one that we I helped recently a real estate company and the hacker was in their mailbox for eight weeks wow. analyzing their emails waiting for the 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 the, the time to strike um and they then emailed somebody trying to convince them to pay a deposit for a house into a fake bank account wow. so you know they do they do take their time and you know if it's a a big enough um company or if they just it depends on the hacker as well you know for some you know ten thousand dollars could be a huge win for some hackers yes so, you know they, they will spend their time and wait till they get the, the opportunity 
Oh, super. It's super scary, isn't it? And I think that um, we do put a lot of faith in those companies like Microsoft and Google and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Apple and all that. And we do kind of almost absolve ourselves of responsibility. But um, I do love your thought to say what's important in your business. It's not something I've ever thought about in great detail. Um, and how do we manage that from, a um, you know, people having their identity theft? Is that something that's still really common or is it just not sexy in the media anymore? <laughs> does it does happen from time to time but it's probably not as common as what um we used to see um mm-hmm. i think it's probably maybe number five or six um on the list in australia at the moment yes. number one is investment scams and in australia the second biggest scam is actually romance scams so people oh. are losing money to um investments and are losing money to um romance so i think identity theft um if you look at the triple c website it's probably comes down so it's not as a bigger thing that we see nowadays but it still it still does happen there was a case on the on one of the news websites recently of a guy from sydney who um had his identity stolen and i think they transferred up to five thousand or five hundred thousand sorry dollars out of his savings account um Through, um, identity theft so still is definitely an issue but it's probably not up there in the top ones that's happening at the moment oh, that's so interesting and um, I didn't realize romance was number two which makes me feel so heartbroken for people yeah. because I guess we're in a vulnerable position when we're looking for love aren't we yeah yeah and, and I think that's what it is and I know of a couple of personal cases myself that I've helped um with romance scams and it's really really sad the situation around it normally it's you know the person is very vulnerable and very you know looking for a companion you know and Mm. we're seeing a lot of um you know over 65s being targeted as well and because they're more trusting and you know they they don't suppose see these scams happening or yeah i was gonna say maybe less savvy as well with yeah 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 so that's yeah it is shame yeah Oh, so I guess uh, just to wrap up, thank you so much for those great tips. And I hope that everyone has had a little think about what's the most important assets in their business and how would they run without them. And hopefully thinking about, like you say, password managers like LastPass. But I guess um, what I'd love to know, because I know that you do work with larger organizations, but for my audience as small business owners, how can we work with someone like you? Yeah, so I have a number of things. I do run a lot of free workshops because, um, you know, I think when I work with small businesses that have been hacked um, it really is devastating compared to large corporates large corporates normally can continue to operate and um, it doesn't have the same impact there's a statistic in the industry at the moment that 60% of small businesses that suffer a cyber incident never fully recover and I know that's true with some of the businesses that I've worked with so I do offer a lot of free workshops I've actually one coming up very soon on your social media accounts how to secure your social media accounts so I help people set up multi-factor authentication and what's the things to look out for um i offer a business health check so it's a 60 minute business health check just to have my eyes look over your business and see it from my eyes what you might not see mm-hmm. and then i offer a one-day workshop i think the next one's coming up in october and in that one-day workshop we do a full review of your business together and then we fix the top issues together as well. So I think for small business owners, the biggest challenge that they face is that they know that they might need a uh, password manager or they know that they might need multi-factor authentication, but they don't know how to do it or they don't mm-hmm. feel confident enough to do it or maybe afraid if they tackle it themselves, they might make a mistake or lock themselves out of something. Yes. So 
that's why I offer the workshop so that we can do it together. Brilliant. Oh, Katrina, thank you so much. And to all the listeners, I will put the links to um, reach out to Katrina in the show notes. So um, you'll be able to see those um, free and paid workshops that she's got coming up. But I just want to wrap up and say, um, look, it's been such a pleasure having you on. I'm thrilled that you could share some of your wisdom, albeit a little bit scary. And I hope that my listeners have um, gleaned some knowledge that will help them improve the safety and security of their business. So thank you for your time today, Katrina. It's much appreciated. Thanks, Melian, Sarah. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you all to my listeners. And I'll catch you all the same time next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.